It's the Tiltcast episode 574, Buff Under the Fluff. And this week, guys, we talk Yakuza Like a Dragon, Yakuza by Infinite Wealth, Soulstone Survivors, and Helldivers 2. Stay tuned. I like my Twinkies. Uh... And we're back. Uh, <clears throat> it's the Tiltcast. It's an M-rated show. I'm Nas. I'm Jason. I'm Rusty. And with the three of us, you're going to get about 30 minutes of bullshit. Mm. Some games and some news. <laughs> yes. Lots of bullshit. It is uh, the day of the big game. We are recording early on... February 11th at about 11.26 p.m. Central Time. Sport. Sport. Oh. A uh, rainy 40 degrees outside. It's uh, fantastic out there. It is. It's been really warm up here, too, for the, like the last couple of days. It's 30 degrees right now, which is about normal. But like in the last couple of days, it, it felt like it was 60 degrees at some point. Well, I almost pulled out the grill. It was straight up 70 degrees here all the way till yesterday and it started oh. to drop. But I I was actually just wearing shorts, T-shirt, and sandals the last several days. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yes. it was really nice yesterday. So much so that I ended up climbing up into my tree and cutting off a bunch of dead, cutting out a bunch of dead shit with pole saw. Yeah, so much uh, so that Jason did more I'm work. paying for it today. So much so that Jason's did more work. Aren't you? Yeah, it's, yeah, I did work yesterday, too. Yeah, you did inside work. Yeah, I did. I did do inside work. It was decidedly cooler. I'm pretty sure of it. Yeah, you're working in a server room, so it's like kept at like 65 degrees at all times. Yeah, well, yeah, that and there's a big chiller that blows cold air right into uh right into the face basically the face place is very chilled um but they but tend yeah. to do that with those rooms yeah it, well i mean it it's better than the alternative if you if you don't have a chiller in there <laughs> it, it, oh boy it turns into a sauna quick this is why fat guys like it because it's always in a cold room huh oh dude i loved it at the data center man i, I mean, really did perfect it was Beautiful. It was sixty. It was sixty degrees all year round. Hoodie weather every day. Awesome. It was great. Loved it. <laughs> every time they they let me work in a server room, I'm like, yes. And it's like, oh, it's too cold in there. It's like it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, I uh, keep it about sixty nine degrees all the time indoors. Nice. I'm always in t shirt and shorts. <laughs> Yeah, I was in a it's, t-shirt and shorts all week, even outdoors, like just trying to get my doggo some exercise since the weather's been shit. So we, uh, we double walked every day, walk during lunch mm -hmm. and walk right after work before the sun went down. I have, uh, I, I have been doing, I've been going back to doing pushups at work too. Um, I bought some pushup bars. Uh, I've never, I've never used these things before. I don't even know what that um, is. I don't even know what a push-up bar is. It's it's um it's it's a uh, it's a bar so that you can change the angle of of your push-ups, you know, your wrist angle and it 
it targets different spots. Oh, um, I know. So, I think I know what you're talking about now. Yeah, I, I bought I bought a uh, a set of push up bars for uh, for work, and some of those are just I, it's it's amazing how much a, a, the difference in wrist placement is changes how how that changes everything, and. Ah, my chest is so so freaking sore <laughs> from that. And then I, uh, then of course I spent extra time yesterday, you know, crawling around in a you're, you know in a server room. You're probably a lot like me. You're really buff underneath the plush. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> dude, <clears throat> it's just I bench press quite a bit under of the my... plush, man. <laughs> yeah, for sure. It's but I can't get rid of this gut. <laughs> I I live with an extra uh, extra layer of padding all uh, all year all the time. Unfortunately, um, like I keep upping my bench. My arms are getting bigger, but my uh, my gut's not getting any smaller. I freaking like I ran yesterday or Friday. See, I jogged a mile and walked a mile, which is a lot for me. I mean, I don't normally do mm-hmm. that. On top of working out, like I work out four times a week, and uh, you know they say mass, muscle weighs more, but I can't imagine that my muscle is building at the same rate that I'm losing weight. Right. I don't, I don't see it either. Like, so, so this is, this is what my normal day is. Um, every day, every, you know, every, every work day for, you know, on the hour, I'm doing pushups, a, uh, a plank and squats. And that lasts for about half the day. So, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm averaging about, I don't know, somewhere between, you know, 60 and a hundred pushups, 60 and a hundred squats. And, uh, the, the planks are, uh, up to, f- uh, 45 second planks. So, <clears throat> I mean, I'm not inactive. It's just when, when we're, you know, when we're busy at work, I can't just stop and do push-ups right there. Uh, so we do what we can. <clears throat> that is every single day I'm working, which is four days a week. Because I work from home for one, one of those days. And you best believe I don't do push-ups on that day. <laughs> That's my day of rest. Um, But yeah, it's, you know, that's one of the ways that you know, we're doing shit at work just to, you know, to try to, you know, control our weight because, you know, IT is very sedentary. So, um, but we've been, we've been quite busy. Like I, I've hit, I'm, I'm wearing an Apple watch and I, and the, the green ring is, you know, has spun two or three times in a day. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'm active. It's just... It's not going away. <laughs> I don't know why. Why is it not going away? <laughs> but yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I uh, it's been a busy week for me at work. Not nearly. I didn't have to work six days, but I have worked over almost every day this week, which is not normal. I got more projects at work. I had a uh, something that one of the VPs wanted, like ASAP. So I worked with another person to figure something out to get it done. Being intentionally vague because I know there's a handful of people that listen that work with me. 
and it's not a project that I can talk about too much yet, but um, I see. Yeah, it's kept me super busy. So aside from trying to walk Lola at my lunch, skip most of the lunch, eat a 15 minute like lunch breakfast thing um, and play lots of video games. Um, that's that's what I've been up to. Jason, you've yeah. been probably, you know, being a dad all week, right? He's he's out cold. He is out cold. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. I'm sorry, guys. I spaced out there for a second. Dude, what? <laughs> he wasn't even paying any attention. I don't. That, that's that's true, Dad. There, no, right there. My my son came in and asked me a question, and I was kind of spaced out after that. Sorry. It must have been a whopper. He asked, like, how were black holes were formed, and Jason's mind went in a completely different place. Right. Or so, no, or more his... like I was upset. I was upset he came into the room at all. I don't know. <laughs> he's you know. not supposed to when I'm recording. He came in and asked Jason how are babies made, and Jason was like, "This is not <laughs> yeah. the time and place. <laughs> this is not the time. Not the time." <laughs> what have you been up to, Jason? <laughs> I, it's uh, been kind of an interesting week. I've had a hard time. Uh, kind of deciding what to get into. Um, so I kind of bounced around quite a bit. Um, played a little bit of a little bit of Destiny 2. Couldn't grab into that. Played uh, Wow. Uh, Went back thinking now uh, start new game plus in in Survivor. Um, Survivor. Really... Jedi Survivor. Oh, gotcha. Um, can't really, can't really get into that. I I want to play a shooter, but I don't want it to be Call of Duty, and I just haven't figured out really what I'm going to play yet. I've got thoughts on that. I uh, something I did forget because this week's been a blur. Um, I've ended up. I had a photo gig at what's called the Kane's Ballroom here in town, and that got shot down because of the uh, the photo mafia here. So there is a uh, a house shooter. That sounds horrible. A house photographer. <laughs> um, for there. And for the Brady, and for most of BOK. And I won't say who it is on here, like you can look it up. But anyways, this dude has a contract that charges like a crazy amount of money for live photos. He's pretty good. Like, don't get me wrong. Dude's not, is good, but he's not a fan of the same kind of music I am. And offers very, uh, the shots he takes of a, you know, a noisy band or a metal band or a loud rock band are quite a bit different than what I would do. Right. And so like the, I was invited up there. I have some friends in a band called medicine horse. Um, I'm wearing the hat right now. Nice. And, uh, they had invited me up there to take some photos and they're like, yeah, it shouldn't be a big deal. We got our videographer in. And then they, you know, I got up there way early, like an hour before doors open and sat in the, like across the street from the venue. And I got a text from the dude saying like, Oh, uh, 
we have a problem. It's like, what's that? And he's like, the house shooter is not going to let someone else take photos right now. He's charging us for photos. It's like, oh. He's like, yeah, he's got a contract. They said they'd let the videographer in because it's a different thing, but he won't let another photographer come in. He's like, you're just going to, you can come to the show, but I can, they won't let you bring your camera in. So that's a new yes. opportunity I got to work through. So if I ever want to take pictures at two of my favorite venues here in town. Um, wow. I had bought a that's crazy. Yeah. I've got a friend that's in a pro level band. That's got a gig lined up for me here in about a month. Um, so I, not all is lost. I ended up spending money on one of the most expensive prime lenses I've ever bought. I bought a 20 millimeter, uh, prime for stage shots. So there's a lot of people that do with stage shots. They'll do the, uh, fisheye. I don't like mm. fisheye shots that much. I mean, I, I should get one. I mean, I have one, but it's for, uh, a crop sensor camera. So all my shots are lower res, but, um, Anyways, long story short, like from two feet away, I can capture 20 feet of space left to right. Like it's, it's a very, very wide. Um, so I bought that. So at least I'll get to use it for that. But yeah, I spent like $800 on that. And wow. then my uh, stereo became ready. So they were, said the uh, receiver was shorted out and it needed a lot of parts. They said between labor and parts, it was going to cost me 200 So I said, trash it. And then they had my uh, turntable ready, which is an old vintage turntable. And that was what I was really worried about anyway. That was 150 bucks. And then they had a uh, receiver, a Denon receiver there that would work for all of my needs. Plus, it has built-in Bluetooth, and it has some kind of, like, Bluetooth filter to help with the, uh, the weird sampling noise you get with Bluetooth. Anyways. Mm-hmm. That was $350, so that was why I said trash the other receivers. So for $150 more, I could get a receiver that's modern versus the 30-year-old receiver that I brought in. So I said, screw that, toss that, got that receiver, got that. So there's $500 spent. <laughs> so I spent wow. like $1,200 this week. Um, but since yesterday or Friday, I've been listening to vinyl nonstop and playing video games, which is nice uh, because now everything works perfectly. Um, and I am very happy with how everything sounds. Even the Bluetooth sounds pretty good. I can definitely hear a difference. I one to one one of the albums I was playing versus Bluetooth. It's uh, quite a bit different. Um, even on CD, like you will notice a difference if you've got better speakers than your car speakers or a Bluetooth speaker. Mm. And speaking of which, um, the whole idea of having a record player that Bluetooths to some to a speaker is like insane. I don't even understand that. Like now you're going to sample it down to like one quarter quality. It's, it's for, I don't, I don't know. It's for, it's for something. <laughs> it's probably for people that listen to electronic music on records since that stuff's already sampled anyway. I guess, but it's also probably just for convenience. Like, but then again, it's, why would you, it's a record's not convenient. Like, well, no, it's I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that receiver is probably able to connect to other sources too. So, probably, hey, look, I want to play my MP3s on, you know, on my Bluetooth speaker, but also have the ability to play my vinyl on my good speakers, you know, through analog channels. Yeah. So, 
That's you true. Know, there's convenience in that in in that way. Yeah, and, and in most cases, the crazy thing with vinyl is because you've only got like 25 minutes a side or something, you only get two or three songs per side. Mm-hmm. So there's nothing convenient about it, right? Like you're committing to listening to, if you want to listen to that third song, like you can groove hunt, which I'm okay at, but I'm not great at. Um, but you know, it's, it's a lot better to just, you're just committing to listening to three songs. If you want to listen to that third song. Anywho. Well. Um, yeah, I'm back finally. Like I've been like low key depressed about that <laughs> for a month. <laughs> because <laughs> i just got everything set up and like two weeks later everything stopped working like it also has something nice where i don't have to set the impedance of my speakers so if you don't set it correctly you can blow your amp which is pretty sure how i blew the right channel on my first amp because i had to set the speakers to a plus b to get it to play at the right ohms and i didn't realize i thought i just had to set it to a so i was overworking my receiver at six ohms and pretty sure that's what blew the right channel out um, and the second time there was just a loose connection and I blew it out when I was connecting the sub. Like I have zero issues with this Denon. Um, everything just works like everything. It even has like this weird thing where it'll also, you can plug in this little microphone into the, into the jack and you can go through and set it up and it picks up. It'll tell you like, move your speakers, move your speakers. It's like you pull the cord out to where you want to listen to music. And it'll tell you to move your speakers through, uh, you run HDMI to your TV and there's an on-screen display telling you where to move your speakers based on the tone. Yep. Um, yep. which is crazy. I'm just not, I'm used to just plug things in, turn thing on and go. Oh, but you have to be, you know, you've got to be in the sweet spot. That's the, that's the sweet spot detection. Yeah. I, it's super cool. That was, yeah, that was a, a feature of, uh, uh, some of the higher end. Um, receivers, you know, back when I was selling receivers, you know, long time ago, like a total fucking different age ago. <laughs> but yeah, like only the highest end, you know, stuff had that uh, that sensor, uh, and it's yeah. nice because, like, if if you normally sit like in the middle of your couch, for instance, you set that, you know, that microphone right there, and you get that. You can get full spatial audio, like right. if yeah, one of the awesome. crazy. And so it's also a surround sound receiver. So if I decide to go that route, I've got a center channel um, and a rear channel that I can set things up to. Yep, that's, um, which is that's one of the reasons why that that sensor exists is for for surround. But it is it's super cool. I'm I'm more than happy with the uh, output and the sound and everything else. Now I'm like actually think about upgrading my speakers, but I need to stop spending money for a little bit before I do that. But uh, (laughs) speaking of which, um, I'm the only one that played this. And so I'm going to talk about it and I'll flip back to one of you guys for before I talk about another game. Mm -hmm. Um, I bought this adapter. So it's a USB to RCA adapter, right? And so I ran that to one of the inputs on the receiver. And so now I'm running my computer audio through both my computer speakers and my real speakers. And uh, wow. playing Helldivers 2 through that. Uh, it sounds like a oh, war so zone. So you got a USB DAC? Yeah, so it's USB to RCA. Um, and what did you end up getting? Oh, no, it's not a DAC. It's literally just a cable. 
Oh, really? Yeah. Well, and so yeah. It, wow. it says USB Probably headphone. Don't need a deck. Yeah, it just says USB headphone. Um, yep. and it just runs straight to my stereo receiver, and then I turn it up the receiver. You just flip inputs on the on the computer. But uh, so yeah, I've been playing Helldivers two, and it sounds like a war zone in my house. Um, <laughs> it's so chunky. It's so much chunkier, like A to B between my computer speakers and that. Like I'm hearing things I'm just not hearing. And uh, when I shoot a gun or I call in a bombardment, like it's crazy. So let's talk about that. What that game is. Um, initially, hit really mixed reviews on Steam because it crashed the servers and they weren't working. Um, it is a live service game to a degree. I have playing. I've been playing solo. Would love to play with somebody else, but. Um, it is playable solo, though kind of hard. Um, there's nine difficulties of missions, and each of those give you different rewards. So there's very easy, easy, medium, hard, and then I can't remember what goes after that. Um, I've worked my way up to medium, and medium is challenging because I haven't unlocked enough stuff. But basically, the the loop is is there's a community mission, right? You're trying to be all of the beat the planets into the submission. So every time you complete a mission on a planet, it updates global progress amongst everybody that's playing it, right? Mm -hmm. And then that planet's off the map after everybody beats it. And it looks like people are beating about a planet a day. Um, they have rewards for that, for the whole community, if everybody beats it within a certain amount of time. Um, and then there's like sub-challenges that give you medals, and the medals are used to unlock different gear. So there's cosmetic gear that you unlock with the metals, and then there's like real gear. So like I unlocked a shotgun, I unlocked a, an Uzi, I unlocked different armor sets. So like the armor itself actually has different stats. So for instance, you get like better armor or better speed or better speed and stamina, or you can now hold more grenades or etc. Like there's a bunch of different stats that go along with the armor. Then they have the premium currency, which unlocks different armor. Now, the thing about the premium currency is you can also find the premium currency on planets. So you could argue it's a PvE game. You could argue that it is pay to win. Like I could buy $1,000 of these hell bucks or whatever the fuck they are, right? And unlock all that gear. But a lot of it is like just different than what the main gear is. And then you can find all those bucks on the planets anyways. So to me, it seems stupid to spend any money because I've been finding this currency and unlocking stuff through that pay tier, right? Just by playing the game. Um, it would fast track you, but there's only so many things you can buy like for several days, right? So like I'm almost done with that, just playing for a day, um, a day and a half with what they're offering for the weekend. And it's through about six hours of play. So for six hours, I'm getting anything that anybody was fast tracking. And I think there was one item that was separate. If you bought the special edition, that's not available unless you buy the $20 more edition, which I didn't, I got it on green man for like $31. So like you can get this, uh, SMG that has a lower magazine, but explosive bullets. But I found that, um, I don't have a use for that right now. So anyways, let's get into what it is versus the other <laughs> game. Right. Um, the other game was a top-down twin-stick shooter where you would it's you basically do all the same things, but it was top-down, right? And the mission difficulty was extreme. You had to play that multiplayer. 
Um, yeah. This, not so much. Uh, it, there's a lot more to, because of the way it's set up, there's a lot of emphasis on utilizing the terrain to your advantage. So, like, a lot of, especially when you first start, all the bugs don't have any projectile attacks. Um, they're all melee. So you can get up in a spot that's hard for them to get to and then take them down from the high ground, right? And as you kind of ramp the difficulty up, they add in different varieties of bugs, and some of them shoot poison, which slows you down. It's like sticky goo, and it's like an acid burn, so it does a damage over time. So you have to prioritize those targets, right? But um, especially early on, like it prioritizes you trying to get high ground to get an advantage over the enemy or using the terrain to funnel enemies to you. Um, which I found is pretty cool. Um, I've gotten really good at calling down the stratagem, so which is, I think, key for single player for damn sure. So stratagem is you input a Street Fighter code, basically, right? Left, left, right, up, down, left, or something. <laughs> and that loads your grenade, and you throw that beacon down, and then something drops there. It could be supplies, it could be a support weapon, and a support weapon is like a rocket launcher, a grenade launcher, or... Uh, an, an actual, actual machine gun, etc. right? It could be a automated Gatling gun. It could be a minefield. Um, it could be an orbital strike. It could be a, a strike from like a, a jet. Um, it could be a huge gas bomb, which is something I use all the time. Um, but I've gotten to where like, I'm really fast at those. Uh, it's not that I'm like intentionally memorizing the, you know, the street fighter codes, but I kind of am in my head. And, uh, you can run and input those codes, which is kind of how I do it. Um, but some of them have a cooldown, some of them don't. Um, and so you'll get bugs into a spot where you funnel them in and then call in those stratagems to like do mass devastation. Like I think I've killed as many as a hundred at a time with those. Um, and then some of the boss enemies, like I've used some of the orbital strikes to kill bosses that would have been very difficult for me by myself. Um, there's an emphasis on you not killing everything all the time. So if you're always engaged in combat, you're going to run out of ammo, right? And you can call down your ammo support thing like every two minutes, but, um, that's not really what you want to do. So like, you'll see like roamers, like a roaming patrol. And if you engage them, if you don't kill them all very quickly, um, they'll, shoot pheromones out of its ass is what it looks like. And then out of the ground pops like a little mini horde. Um, oh, nice. And so if you see, if the scouts see you, you'll kind of see them perk their heads up and look around. And if they start coming at you, you know, they're about to start signaling a, a little mini horde. Those mini hordes on like medium on up start to get pretty aggressive. And the patrols on medium up start to have boss enemies in the patrols. So it's not as easy to just take shit down really fast. But uh, what I'm getting at is, like, there's a lot of different objective stuff. So when it starts off, I was like, shit, there's nothing to do. I started on very easy, right? And very easy was essentially, like, kill a commander and raise a flag, right? So it would be one mission. You go in there and you kill this big boss bug, which was not that hard. You can use, like, a machine gun and you can take it down because it doesn't have that much armor. Um, and then you would, like, close up the bug holes for the secondary objective and then you distract. Those missions on very easy when I first started probably taking me five minutes. Um, as I got going further on, I realized some of the secondary objectives were closing up the bug holes and the bug holes you have to close with a grenade. Um, and then I unlock the grenade launcher. 
So now I just kind of set up at a perch, like way far away, and lob a grenade like six blocks and shut these holes down. And you can lob a grenade a really long ways too. So I'll call down orbital strikes in those little areas where those all those bug holes are, and then just blow it to bits. But there's like that. There's these weird missions where you're like taking this, uh, like transmitting secret information back to your base, right? So you go in there, you input a like a Street Fighter code, you do a thing, and then you guard it, and then it'll have you like. There was one that was kind of crazy where you go over to this one outpost, you grab a hard drive, and there's like seven steps. So it's like, you know, input your Street Fighter code. And then the next step was go align the the radar dish. Then the next step was like defend the radar dish while it powers up. And then it was like go power up this thing and then come back. And then you finally input the Street Fighter code and get the uh, hard drive, which then opens at another section of the compound. And now I've got this hard drive in one hand, and all I can use is my one-handed weapon. So now I sneak like halfway across the battlefield using my one-handed weapon on patrols um, so that I don't have to drop the hard drive and then spend a whole bunch of time in one spot fighting. Um, and then I get it all the way over there, unload the hard drive, and then set up all my defenses, and then back I go. And so it's kind of like this weird first-person or third-person tower defense game. Um, and that you're completing these objectives and then kind of holding these points for a little bit and then kind of working your way towards extracting. Every time you extract, it calls in hordes. So you got to spend two minutes like fighting for your life um, against hordes and especially solo mode. Again, I'm getting better at it. Like there's a whole lot to like, there's not a dodge like uh, Dark Tide, but you can dive to the ground and for about a, a couple of seconds, like they'll lose track of you. Not lose track of you, but like they just can't attack you right away. And so like if you get surrounded, you can do that and then pull out your shotgun while you're diving and like pump three rounds out and then get back up. So yeah. you can kind of get yourself out of a little jam that way um, by diving to the ground and then kind of turn around and shooting. There's also like a crazy amount of like granular detail spent with the weapons. So for instance, I unlock this Uzi, which is about as powerful as a single shot pistol, just a little bit less, but it has more rounds. It's got an auto and a single shot mode. The single shot mode fires faster than the regular pistol. Um, and you use less rounds. And so I use the SMG or the, the Uzi on single shot mode to save, save ammo. And I use it to clean up stuff. It's also got light armor penetration. So it can take down a lot of the small and mid-tier enemies. Um, and you can fire it as fast as you can pull the trigger. So it's, it's really good for medium range. The shotgun is not... It is close range, but it's not. It's got a good spread. And each of the pellets does like as much damage as, a, as one of the shots from the pistol. So like I can take down three little grunts in one shot with a shotgun or like tear the armor to bits on bigger enemies. And then it'll get past the little spots in their armor because it does shoot in a spread. And you can shoot it from like, I don't know, 50 feet away, like a, like a real shotgun. And it's doing a light spread at 50 feet away. Um and kind of mm -hmm. shotgun snipe with it, which is crazy. You can also go into first-person mode. Um, if you reload, you lose all the rounds in your clip like you would in real life, right? Right. So it wants you to use up all your bullets before reloading, though there is a trick where if you reload with one bullet left, you actually reload faster and have a little bit faster shot, um, which is tricky because you don't have an ammo counter. You just know that when you're right about there, it's time to reload. Um, the bigger weapons take longer to reload, like sometimes sitting in a spot and reloading, which is kind of crazy. 
it makes sense if you're on your last bullet the last bullet should be in the chamber so mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but yeah you hold you hold down the reload button and you can set the range for your scope because there's like a scout rifle you can set the range for your scope and you can set your fire mode um like the pistol the automatic guns have like that setting too where you can set all sorts of things you can also click the right stick on a controller or click i think middle mouse and go into first person mode with your shot so that you can uh aim better um oh nice so you can aim in first person and then you can set it to remember that setting per weapon so like with certain weapons if you always wanted to go into first person mode let's say your battle rifle maybe you want it to go into first person mode when you shoot it'll do that um, you can also get it to where it'll show the reticle no matter what you're doing, which is what I do because I hip fire a lot with my shotgun while I'm trying to trudge my way through things. It's a really chaotic game. I'm having a lot of fun with it. Um, I would like to play it with somebody too. Like I've thought about jumping in a quick match, um, but I don't feel like I'm geared up enough. But getting back to the game progression loop. So as you go, you get samples of enemies, right? And you get samples around bug nests. Um, I haven't figured out the other two samples, so I'm not there yet, but you get a certain amount of other samples, and it unlocks different upgrades, so like a cooldown on my orbital cannons, or um, the ability to carry more grenades, or when I launch in, I have more ammo, because when you launch in, you're at about three-quarters ammo, or something like that. So, for example, like my shotgun, I think, holds uh, 16 shots, and then my reserve magazine is 24, right? out of 40. So I'm basically going in with 40 shots, but 16 are already loaded in the magazine. Well, I can carry 16 more. Um, It also goes in with like three out of four magazines for my SMG because I've got one magazine in the SMG and the other three are spares. So it's kind of weird in that way. Like you you can upgrade that to a point where that's not a thing. Um, You can also upgrade your character themselves using the medals and you get the medals in the battlefield and by completing objectives on the map. Um, and then you get a rating based on what things you killed and what objectives you did. I don't know if you get anything for bug kills particularly. It's all objective based. So it could be mm-hmm. like in most maps, there's bug holes to clear, um, which is always an objective. Sometimes there'll be a sub-objective there, which will be like, raise the radar tower, or which the radar tower is a whole weird minigame in itself. Or uh, check on the position of minerals in this area. So, like, there's this other weird minigame where you go to one terminal, and it's got, like, a a grid that's, you know, on one axis it's, like, letters, and on the other axis it's numbers. So it'll be, like, D3. So you move the reticle to D3, and then it pings that. Then you put in your Street Fighter code. Then you, like, align the radar dish. Then it downloads the data, and then it gives you that data um, on a hard drive, or I think on that one it like point-to-point transmits. I can't remember. And then you go over to where the thing is for the uh, the drill, so like the mineral drill or whatever, and then you got to put in a Street Fighter code, and because it's like burrowing into the ground, it's just like tremors, right? Like it's drawing enemies towards it. So this whole point defense thing with the drill as you keep going over there to run your Street Fighter codes or do some little mini game all while you're getting attacked. And again, the key to this game is stratagems, right? Like the Gatling gun sentries are amazing. Um, and I use the fuck out of them all the time. Um, and the minefields are amazing and, and they will kill you. Um, both of those things will kill you. Um, 
So, like, there's a whole emphasis on, like, if you see enemies behind you and you've just deployed a Gatling gun, it's better to drop all the way down to the ground and shoot and let the Gatling gun shoot over the top of you. Or position your Gatling <laughs> gun in a position that's way up high and just make sure that you're not between the Gatling gun and enemies. Um, the mines, I have found many times, will kill you. Um, and they blow the fuck out of you. Like, just blow you in half. Um you get like four or five lives basically. So every time you die, like your clone comes back and he drops down in a hell pod. Um, it is kind of crazy too. Like the hell pod will drop close to where you died. You can aim that hell pod and I've used it to aim onto like a boss enemy that I've been fighting and then just insta jib it with the hell pod. Um, it comes in really quick. So you got about two seconds of steering time, but you can kind of steer it into an enemy if you want. Nice. Um, no, like ray tracing or anything like that. I don't even know if there was DLSS. It runs super smooth. Again, I'm the wrong case running a 4090. Mm-hmm. Um, it has HDR support. Um, but so far, like, it's ran pretty damn well. Be curious on anybody else on a normal rig what it runs like. But also has cross-play with uh, PlayStation if you want to do that. And it's a day one release with both PlayStation and PC. So Sony couldn't be doing a better job with that. It's, again, pretty simple, but this is a great podcast game. Great talk to your girlfriend on the phone game. Um, there is no pause, but, like, you know, you don't have to read that much. You know, it's uh, right. very, very Starship Troopers. All the humor in it is very Starship Troopers. It's that whole, like, goofy corporatism going on in the background. Right. You know, <laughs> would you like to know more? <laughs> yeah. Like, the intro video is... Literally, it's crazy. It's great. Um, awesome. It comes as a recommend. It comes as a very solid recommend for a game to just shoot the shit with your friends and play um, and have some bananas adventures with. Or, like I said, I'm playing it solo as a crazy person. And because I've gotten pretty quick on the fly with these stratagems, like, that's your key to success. Like, that helps you with the hordes. Um it only takes me half a second to enter the thing for my gas bomb, which is basically like a huge bug bomb. Drops down and just releases gas that like almost instantly kills enemies around it in a big area for about 20 seconds. Hmm. So I usually drop that behind me when I got a group of enemies coming towards me. And uh, yeah, that, that takes care of the whole pack or a whole horde that decided to pop up. And it's got like a 20 second cooldown or a 30 second cooldown. Maybe it's a minute. But anyways, yeah, like it's... <laughs> And the whole time he's like, "That's right, you can't kill me, motherfuckers." Something like that. Yeah, <laughs> been searching for that for a while. Yes, that's why he's been quiet uh, this entire time. I've for it the whole time you were talking about the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a. I don't. I haven't played Starship Troopers, but this is as Starship Troopers as you can get. Um, but yeah. All the right. funniest part is that sound clip doesn't even come from Starship Troopers. That what is comes it? from the negotiator. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it because no one could say motherfuckers like Samuel L. Jackson. That's, that's <laughs> true. No motherfuckers can motherfuck like a like a Samuel Jackson. That's correct. Now, you see, I'll be able to play Helldivers 2 in about one minute and 40 seconds. So. <laughs> Anywho. Um, I've got other things to talk about, but, uh, Jason, did you, did you play anything this week? Nothing that 
like I put any significant time in. I even, like I said, I was bouncing around hard. I even popped into Risk of Rain for a couple hours and couldn't get into it. You're just having a mental block. Yeah. I mean, I've been there. I know that. You were you were kind of feel. Do you, Rusty, you started playing Yakuza like a dragon, right? Yeah, I, I did. Um, Is that game not for I've, you? It's not. It really isn't. There's some, I I mean, I got through like the first portion of that game. Uh, and I think that it's to like to the point where it's going to open up. But it just it just doesn't feel quite right. Like to me, it's I didn't get to the you know to any of the fucking funny parts, I guess. Um Oh, it takes itself seriously for a while and then it kind of dives into the insanity. The the second one is even longer in the tooth before it gets rolling too. So it's and and that's I think that's what was like I gave it an entire night where I sat there and I you know and I played through it and um I got through like he, the he, point where he gets out of prison. So you um, got through the first part of the game. <laughs> right. So I, I get through the uh, point where he gets out of prison and uh goes back to you know you know his hometown basically and sees that it's all like different. Um and then after that I it it was at that moment where I was like, okay, I have to go to bed because it was late. And then I just didn't feel like picking it back up again. I just it it's I think to me this is going to sound crazy, and I know there's going to be some JRPG nerds that hate what I'm about to say. It's a better version of like a Persona style game. Okay. So Persona That's just because Persona is like you know teenage simulator, right? It's hugely story based, right? But it wants you to go through a shitload of text dialogues right to kind of figure out what's going on and kind of understand your relationships and it's so far like i'm enjoying it but i haven't put much time into it since last week so i'm not going to talk about it um not because i don't think it's good but because i think yakuza like a dragon does it better and what it does is it's got its main story and its main loop it's one thing and then it's got its side stories so for the most part instead of side quests the Ichiban's story of uh, Yakuza has side stories, and sometimes those are jobs. Um, sometimes those are literally just a story of somebody, and then sometimes they're a little adventure. Um, this has the most side games of any game I've ever played, even more than Like a Dragon. Like a Dragon had a bunch of like weird side games, um, which if you do end up picking it back up, like there's a whole thing where you drive a rickshaw picking up trash. I think is what the minigame is. And that nets you like essentially like $10 <laughs> at a time. But you know, you, you start off the game pretty homeless. So, um, if I remember he's like mortally wounded out of jail and then homeless. And then Nanba, just his buddy in the homeless camp nurses him back to health. And then there's a cop that's also homeless that kind of picks you back out of the trash. And it's whole, it's a whole redemption arch for Ichiban, right? Is like a dragon. And Yakuza, you start off in the unemployment office giving people jobs, which the jobs, again, in Ichiban's crazy mind were like RPG, RPG archetypes. Um, and this kind of does the same thing, except the uh, jobs 
turn into uh, different activities. So the activities are like surfer or like hula dancer or whatever. So you go do like tourist attraction things and those become jobs in their own. But to get rolling, you spend your first six hours in whatever the Japanese town is first um, before you go to Hawaii. And then it really opens up and then it really, really opens up. Like there's a whole section of the game where it maroons me on this island and that island goes from being a trash dump to a resort and it's a whole weird mini building game slash really arcadey fighting game and so you go from the uh turn-based combat and story progression that you had this whole pause in the game where you go to doku island or whatever and you take an area and you chop down trees with your baseball bat and break rocks with your baseball bat and collect bugs and fish and then for all the bugs you collect, um, they unlock some recipes for souvenirs as well <laughs> as the fish you sell for money. Um, and that increases your likability of your island. And then with the rocks and the trash you clear, so you clear the trash with your bat, you get materials to build a resort. Again, this is sounding <laughs> insane because it is. And so... And then you earn money by selling back some of the things that you did. And then eventually you get passive income from building places for your resort. But your resort starts off super trashy. So there's different different ratings for your resorts. So there's sleazy. Um, there is rustic. There is pop culture. And there is like elegant, right? And those are different tiers of things that you build. So you got to build like your first hotel is a tent. Um, <laughs> and so you set clear an area. You make enough money doing the things because you do these dailies, basically. And then you clear off a plot of land and then you set a, a tent there and then set up a few things for the people to, like, look at, which gives you a favorability rating. And then every day you got to go by and say hello to all the guests and give them a souvenir. Um, all while trying to do clear out more areas to get more resources to build more things. And in the middle of that, you've got a group of pirates that come in and try to wreck your shit. And then you take your baseball bat and you go beat them with it. And then you got a dodge button and you have a house on the Island that starts off as a shack. And as you put more things in it, it gets a, gains a comfort level kind of like in shrouded, right? Which then gives you more hearts, which are like Zelda style on your screen. <laughs> um, so you're going to build all this shit in your house. I spent 10 hours in this stupid mini game. I like paused the entire rest of the game and spent, like 10 hours building up this house or this whole island. And, you know, it gets increasingly harder with the uh, types of things the guests want and, you know, the amount of enemies that you encounter, etc. Um, And then you can like mow down certain things, sell back old buildings and then pop up new buildings. And there's this whole, you know, grid I was building out to where I had like, I didn't have, I had like three and four story buildings by the end, like the, uh, my guests were staying in like proper hotels by the end, right? Um, but it made me a lot of money. So for context, when you're fighting, when I got at that point, I was making like, I don't know, $20 a fight because it converts from yen to USD. And by the end of that hotel minigame that I spent 10 hours on, I had $500,000 because for every star rating that I got with my my hotels, I got 
more resources to build up my little community. Plus I got a certain amount of cash. So it started off like 10,000, then like 50,000, then like a hundred thousand and then like 300,000. Like it, every time I upped the star rating of that area, um, I got a huge bonus for it. Um, and I got sucked into that stupid mini game. Um, and it, at the <laughs> end of it, it like rewards you with a summon basically. So you get an attack that's ridiculous. Um, I, it, sh I shoot down lasers from space. Um, <laughs> that was the summon that I was rewarded with. Oh and then, if, you know, you still got your weird summons that you had before, like the pal, uh, what did they call them? Like, uh, pound mates is what they call them, right? You think it's an escort service, but you're calling in an escort to, as your summon for money. So you spend like $200 and you call in a summon. Um, which I actually haven't had to use so far. Anywho. What I am getting at is uh, that little mini game netted me a bunch of money. And I, at any point, like it's surviving on its own, doing its own thing. I could go back there and spend half an hour and make myself like $50,000, um, which is great. So like that's my passive, not quite passive, but my way of like reestablishing my money if I need money. But I don't need money right now. Um, I've got the highest, not the highest tier of everything, but like I'm at four stars out of the six star system. Um, but anyways, like there's this whole like mini dungeon in, in Hawaii where you've got this building that's under construction that it is a random dungeon that you go in and you, you save people in the dungeon and you do different battles and different boss battles and it nets you a bunch of resources plus, um, resources plus money plus drops. Um, which, you know, just helps out your characters become stronger. I've unintentionally ground a little bit, but I found that I didn't have to grind that much to progress the main story. And I'm at a point where I think it's going to start the next chapter and it said, finish everything that you need to do here. So now I'm at a point where I need to finish all my side stories and I don't actually need to grind my levels at all, but I need more resources to make my weapons better. It's, but no, it's, it's, it's the everything game. It's the, that's what I mean. But like, it's kind of like Final Fantasy. Um, but there's a whole bunch of timing based things in your attacks, which I think is great. Um, and then it's got the weird side stories and the goofy sense of humor. Um, I don't know, but it's, it's one of those games that just really wants to stretch out the thing. So like, as I build bonds with my characters, so if I want to, I'll give you an example. I'll go into a bar and with all of my characters, I can initiate a conversation, which will build my bond. And the higher my bond level is like, for instance, I might knock a guy down. And if the person lands next to one of the characters that has a bond, then they'll like kick them while they're down. Um, or I can do like an attack between the two of us now that I've built my bond up strong enough. And between the two of us, instead of doing a regular attack that uses MP, now the two of us will do a really strong attack once the meter fills up for the tag tag team attack. Um, I've also got one where I built this bond up strong enough between everybody where all four of my characters can attack at once. And it does like three times the regular damage that anything I got, except for my super, super things do. And it's free. So wow. there's all sorts of little weird stuff in that game. It's, it's really hard to describe. It's kind of like an ultimate RPG. It's got its quirks. It's, it's Japanesey as fuck, um, which is not usually my thing, but I appreciate the video gameness of it all. Still having a really hard time caring too much about the characters um, because it's so over the top. 
there's this whole like VTuber like story going on where there's a certain person that's like working to tear Ichiban down and the other main protagonist down all the time. So it creates this whole other chain of events of things that happen to your character where you get different enemy types that track you down. There's this whole Pokemon weird game called Soldiermon or Sujimon, right? Where you, <laughs> when you fight somebody, um, that archetype can then be captured with a gift. And that gift adds to the Pokemon mini game, which is a whole other game on its own, which I haven't done much of. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's insane. Um, it's nuts. But it does take, I would honestly say it takes about 10 hours for that game to get goofy. The first 10 hours are played pretty straight. Um, which yeah, is weird. And then once you start getting into all the, like. There's so many systems. That's what it is. Trying to come, him out of prison trying to come back is when all the real ridiculousness starts. Okay, That's for like so a dragon. Basically... And then for, for this it takes longer. It's getting you out of Japan, and so it's all the it's introducing all these little systems and kind of fleshing out the story why you should care about Ichiban, what he's up to now, how all these other characters relate to him, and then you get sent to Hawaii, right? And I won't say what causes access part of the story, right? But getting to Hawaii and then your first hour or two of being in a Hawaii is introducing some of the new systems that come with that because there's this whole thing where you friend people and based on your attributes are the different job types that you can grab. I can't grab certain job types tell them like at passion level five or kindness level five or whatever it may be. Um, it all sounds stupid, right? It sounds dorky as hell. It just works though. It's, it's kind of like this game designer is similar in kind to like a Kojima. It's not as good as Kojima, but similar in kind to Kojima and like, it makes sense in his head. But it, these are all very original game systems, um, and I like that aspect of it. It's, there's just literally nothing out there like it. It's it's a hodgepodge of 15 different types of game, all in one, and it's an RPG. Um, I like it a lot. Um, not gonna lie, I just needed a distraction with uh, Hell Divers. Like this, still both of those games. You know, the the Yakuza games probably still got another 40 hours of life left in it for me. So I'm like at the halfway point, and I think I'm at like chapter eight out of fifteen. So, and I kind of mainlined a couple of things, and there's a whole bunch of things on the side table that I need to clean up before I continue the story. So yeah, it's a it's a crazy ass game. I think um, if any of that sound appealing, like watch a couple of let's plays or watch a streamer or something to see if this kind of game that you like, but. It's hard to describe that game in just even the 10 minutes I've been talking about it, right? Like, mm -hmm. it's so hard to describe because it is 15 RPG games kind of built into one with a whole bunch of weird, goofy, original concepts. Um, and I appreciate that it's neither sci-fi nor fantasy, yet somehow both of those things at the same time while being in a modern world. So, I don't know. Yeah, it's... The the whole uh, I mean when he says that he you know sees the sees life as you know part of Dragon Quest that's like very on the you know the Japanese nose that's a very popular game over there, um, but yeah it's it, I guess I just didn't give it I I, I fell off at the exact wrong time. <laughs> 
So, but it's, I don't know. It was really divisive for me. Like, I fell off pretty hard initially with it. I was like, when does this game get to where it's the thing I've been seeing in all the previews, all this craziness? And I was like, oh, yeah, it's still setting up the story. Mm-hmm. But it's a game that kind of takes some patience to get going because, you know, the designer wants you to really care about all that stuff, even though I still don't that much. So that's kind of points against it. It's it's because everything else is so over the top. It's like tone deaf to how stupid it is. Um. Regardless, the the stupid is great. That's like I like all the stupid. I like the uh, there's this whole quest to find the Loch Ness monster, and it was a guy in a furry costume that was hiding in a lake. Um, just how ridiculous it is is kind of the draw to me. Um, anywho, yeah, yeah, the new Yakuza game is pretty great. Um, it is not on any kind of subscription system. You have to purchase it outright. It is a seventy dollar game. It is not on Green Man. It is one of the few games I've spent full price on it, but I don't really regret it. Like, I've played the hell out of this stupid game. Um, So far out of everything I've played this year that's new, this has been my favorite. Um, But Helldivers is cool. I just haven't played enough of it to give it a rating. I've had fun with what I've been doing. It is kind of, it is very repetitive and grindy. It's just the repetitive and grindy is actually pretty fun and tense. Um, Yeah. It's and the, all the maps are randomized. I know that's not always an appeal. In this case, it is because you're doing a lot of the same thing. But the terrain's all randomized, and the planets kind of have a certain theme to them. Like I started off in a snow planet where everything was really slow. Um, the snow was really thick, so it slows you down. All your guns fire slower, but they don't overheat. And now I'm in a area where I don't have any of those things, and uh, my guns fire a lot faster. So like I'm now I'm on a planet where none of those things apply. But everything's like a thick mess of haze that makes everything hard to see. So it's kind of like an un- it's a unmentioned modifier. Anywho. Yep. Vigi games. I, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I, I've got. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna give both of them a try. Like Helldivers two, definitely already downloaded. Did you do the G Man or Green Man? Uh, uh, the green man. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I just save yourself I like just, 10 bucks. Oh my God. $10. It's a good price. point. Like paying 30 bucks, $31 for that was a great price point. It's okay. I'm good. <laughs> um, I, I, I don't normally buy too much from green man. I got burned one time and, not that the yeah, that was totally my fault. It's totally my fault when I uh uh when I bought it. It was when I bought um Doom. <laughs> oh, did you buy in the wrong region? Um, no, I I thought that. Were you I, bought I the Bethesda code? Yeah, I bought the Bethesda code, so it only works on the Bethesda launcher, and it, it, yeah, it was. It was, it was a bad time because I hated that I hated that launcher just as much as I hate like the um Uplay launcher and any other other fucking launchers that have to be fucking installed on the computer to just let me play the shit on Steam. Um <clears throat> which I understand Steam is a launcher too, but whatever. <laughs> it just happens to be where most of my games are. Um yeah, I, I and it doesn't look like the uh, 
It doesn't look like it's on sale anymore. I agree, man. Let me see. Um, well, nope, yeah, I was it's just looking thirty nine ninety nine. So it's 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 normal price now. Okay, so, well then you didn't miss out. Yeah, I didn't miss out on anything. See, there you go. And I got it. I I, I just went and I just went and did it. Um, but yeah, uh, got that done. Let's see. Um. Oh yeah, uh, games. Yeah. So because I fell off of Yakuza, I did have to play something, <laughs> and um, I bounced around too. I bounced around, you know, quite a bit over the last week. Um, you know, and some of the uh, the the games that I tried to play. Um, let's see. Uh, I tried to play Path of Exile again. Oh boy. Um. And then I realized that we're, you know, it's it's right at the end of one of their seasons. Uh, a new season's coming out, and Path of Exile 2 is coming out sometime very soon. And I'm like, I don't even want to, like, deal with learning this all over again to have to relearn it all over again. Yeah, basically. In six months? Yeah. I was like... No, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna set that aside. Now there is a game that I will be picking up. Uh, you know, I actually already own it. Um, that is uh, uh, Last Epoch. Last right. Epoch is coming out with their 1.0 launch, uh, and that is coming out in ten days from this point, so February 21st. Dang. Um, that is that is a game that. I will pick up because it's kind of like it's in between um it's in between Diablo and uh and Path of Exile as far as complexity. Uh, you know, so it's it's just right, I think. I think it is just right as far as how you want to build things. It gives you a little bit more um you know a little bit more in the way of build complexity uh some more choices to do uh you know to you know to do that plus it's you know it's a damn good arpg from you know from the time that i put into it you know previous it just wasn't finished at the time that i was playing it so i got to the end of their story and uh you know the end game was actually interesting too because it kind of branches out into like this um you know into different modifiers so you can go into chaos, you know, uh, and you you see different modifiers. You go to different islands and do yeah, different missions for you know for uh, for additional resources and you know better loot drops. But <clears throat> I remember playing a uh, like a necromancer style, um, you know, uh, character, and it just was like minions everywhere. It was awesome. Uh, so I am interested in, in in playing that again. That's definitely on the radar, and that's gonna uh, that's gonna fill my ARPG uh, once here very soon. Uh, so I said, you know what, it's 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 coming. I can't really play that. So I turned Cyberpunk on for about five minutes and turned it back off again. I don't know why I can't get into that game again. It's just not my time. Uh, it, it took me a minute too. 
it's it's just like I I want to care, but then I just don't. So <laughs> eh. um so I ended up finding um you know spending you know spending what little time I had this week, you know, after I've you know tried all the rest of this. Uh and uh Soulstone Survivors because uh survivor like is basically I can turn my brain off and as long as I can dodge things, I'm golden. Um and you know, there was a lot more to that game that I didn't actually get into, so I started unlocking a bunch of different characters and uh and and seeing what kind of craziness that game could get up to. Which game? And there was a point now where like when all of my you know, all of the stuff goes off at the same time. I basically can't see anything on the screen anymore because all of the different effects <laughs> is is completely covering the screen. So I can't even see when I'm dodging, uh, which is not great because I end up getting hit a lot because I can't see what I'm supposed to be dodging. But um, yeah, it, uh, on a on a scale of craziness, like there's a lot of stuff that happens in um, Vampire Survivors. Soulstone Survivors has a whole lot more shit like happening on the screen at any one time at higher levels, uh, and it can kind of get blinding. Yeah, that's um, true. So I, I end up I I played through that. Um, <laughs> I was playing the um necromancer uh in that game too uh which allows you to you know summon plague rats and you know and you know a bunch of like minions and shit and that was really really powerful like that is probably overpowered um like i was i was wiping the floor with bosses like in a couple seconds uh and that's just nuts like that doesn't happen in that game very often so it was it was a as a fun time uh like soulstone survivors is you know good stupid fun for you know short periods of time and that's basically all i had um yeah but yeah it's it's been i've been kind of in a holding pattern with the rest of you know the rest of the gaming world right now because uh you know, there are games coming down the pipe that we just have to wait for. You know, so hopefully Helldivers, uh, you know, can, you know, fill a need right now because I do need to shoot something. And yeah. bugs definitely, definitely need to die. Yeah, it's, you'll probably die a little bit as you get used to it. Well, that's the thing, you know, with Helldivers, you know, my only experience is top-down Helldivers, like, you know, from, you know, from back when we were trying it. I know friendly fire is a thing. Friendly fire is not friendly. Um, and, yeah, you can kill your, uh, you know, your teammates, you know, by throwing grenades at their feet. Um, so there's a little bit of possibility for griefing there. I think we killed each other plenty of times on the top-down version of the of Helldivers, and I think that was one of the reasons why, like, you had to, like, dive, do the f whole fucking dive mechanic just to, like, you know, survive those, you know, those things. But, yeah. <clears throat> I'm interested to see how that pl uh, plays out. I'll play that probably immediately after recording here. 
Right on. Well, but yeah. Sweet. Wish I was joining you. Well, you 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 sitting there like doing the whole sports ball thing. Like you you've got like this this thing that you were gonna do. I I do because you know the the family it's and uh and sports ball is is a thing. Well, I'll tell you, I was interested in sports ball up until the last, you know, the you know the previous game that was played. Uh, and then after uh, after my team decided to, uh, you know, monkey fuck football, um, then uh, I was like, all right, well, you know, it's basically, you know, we're 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 back to that uh, that expected level of uh, disappointment here. All right, cool, and. <laughs> And and we move on. <laughs> but yeah, you enjoy your sports ball. I'm gonna shoot. Uh, I'm gonna shoot bugs. You can oh, shoot. I'm going to and the and the nachos and the little smokies. I'm a. I'm. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna do any of that shit. Um. Yeah. I'm. I'm going to. Oh. Oh. What was I? Oh yeah. Um. I'm going to have uh dino shaped chicken nuggets. That's 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 my splurge for today. <laughs> I mean, I made ribs yesterday, so I'm going to have either leftover ribs. Yeah, that's probably what I'll do. I'll have leftover ribs today. <laughs> I I had uh I mean, I I cooked the previous night, so I'm I'm not going to do anything super special and um so I I made uh, butter chicken over rice the other uh last night you know so that was it was that was good now now it's air fryer time <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna treat myself like i'm a six-year-old <laughs> let's take a break all right y'all let's take a break we'll be back all right Somebody likes the soundboard. Yeah, somebody likes the soundboard. I mean, I, I, I might have pumped a bunch of shit in there. I don't, I don't, I don't know who, who who would do such a thing. Anyway, um, you yeah. underestimate my power. Oh Jesus! Here we go. <laughs> uh, oh Jesus! Sorry. Here we go. I, I didn't have any games to talk about, so I kind of nerded out on something else. Well. well 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 um so there's a we were talking about this last week about how pocket pair the makers of power world probably are completely overwhelmed um yes and that is a thing actually it is exactly what's going on (laughs) oh my god what the fuck they're putting (laughs) a half a million dollars into server space monthly right now um to keep it alive and they just tweeted that they're looking for planning and engineers. So yeah. they said, at Power World, we still have a lot to do. We're overwhelmingly short of people. Join us. 
<laughs> just just put it in an application. You're probably gonna fit someplace. <laughs> yeah, it's uh prior to this, I think the studio was like less than ten people. Yeah. <coughs> yeah. So while they're rolling in dough, like they are way overwhelmed by the project's success. So like at this point, they've got to they've got to keep up the pace of interest, right? And if you think about like paying for server space, right? So if they do that, that's six million a year. Oh yeah, they sold nineteen million copies of a twenty dollar game. Yeah, well, I mean, it's it's more than that. Well. It'll be more or less than that because, you know, that's copies sold, but not necessarily like they get kickbacks for, you know, downloads on Game Pass and a bunch of other shit too, right? Right. So, I think after a million units sold, I think Steam only takes 10% royalties. So Steam obviously made some decent money off of this too. Oh, yeah, for sure. But, you know, that means that they'll they'll still get... They'll still get a lot of you know, a lot of funds out of this, but yeah, the server space, yeah. If they were initially doing you know cloud servers, that I can I can tell you right now, just from being you know in, in having to deal with that shit, it ain't cheap. That shit ain't cheap at all, and it's probably going to either go you know kind of go up and down depending on how. Uh, you know how popular it stays it's probably going to end up being more popular for people to have dedicated servers and this is a, uh, a lot of reasons why you know you know games like arc have a specific amount of you know of official servers and then more people end up doing the dedicated servers um, yeah the, i don't understand the official server thing as much but i get it right like I want to play with my friends. So I'm going to go to one of the official servers. The thing of the official servers, it's just open to everybody at that point, you know? Right. You know, and with dedicated servers, you have the ability to make changes, add mods, things like that. And I think that's kind of where uh, Pal World is kind of heading towards is there's a lot of mods out there, quality of life mods, you know, things that, you know, these modders that are doing that are basically like helping uh, pocket pair fixed things ahead of official releases uh and there's you know there's always the you know the appeal of being able to you know change the you know the server numbers you know how the xp works how you know resources are gathered things like that right um you know and that's one of the reasons why i like having an arc server is because i could take something that would normally take fucking four days to do in real time and you know bring it down to 30 minutes you know right because it was impossible to play solo right it was impossible to play solo or even in small groups um so it was like tooled for like 30 plus people right yeah and like an, an an insane amount of like dedicated time you know for a for a thing Sorry, yawn sneaked up on me there. Um, but yeah, the uh, you know the that's kind of where they're going to end up going. I think is they'll probably have hey, we're going to have this many online servers. We're not going to scale up. We'll only scale back, uh, and you know add more tools for 
you know, having dedicated servers. So, you know, that ends, you can play it solo without having to even fire up their server. So that's, that's good. But yeah, they're, they're definitely overwhelmed. I, I knew that was going to be a thing. Like, I fucking, you know, I just knew there was going to be a point in which they're like, oh shit, this is big. <laughs> hey, I, I hats off to their team though. Uh, their team actually like, you know, took something like this. It exploded the way that it did. And somehow they were able to stay, uh, you know, stay on top of it and keep servers rolling. You know, the the fact that the game continued even in early access with that many people hitting them as hard as they have, uh, as far as you know, you know, server load. That's something. That's like they, you know, their their uh, their IT team definitely, uh, their IT team of like one maybe two people, you know, stepped it up. Well, there was oh, a absolutely. There was an announcement that said that we're paying like nearly five hundred thousand dollars with the directive. The server must not go down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which uh, makes sense, right? Like they found a company that could support that kind of beating, um, right? But knowing that they had that success and that momentum, like servers going down would be a pretty big screw up for them and loss of oh, revenue for sure. Yeah, um, having it set to. Uh... Having having it set to mission critical, um, servers must never go down. Uh, yeah, you pay a pretty penny for that service. Yeah, there's people working around the clock. Yep. So, um, something that's funny and doesn't affect me at all. So, what's the new Sony headset called or Apple headset called? Oh, the Vision oh, Pro. The Vision Pro. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a a lot of people that are pissed off that it doesn't support VR porn. There's a quote that it's worse than a PSVR too. It's not because no. it's a it's a AR device, right? Like it's meant to look at flat things in a in real space, right? Like it's an, a screen overlay where you can see through it, and you know it displays things on that screen, right? Um, yeah. So, so somebody so, called it a thirty five hundred dollar chastity belt. <laughs> you're not supposed to. That's not the whole point. Oh that's my what, god. That's what people that's what porn. that's what people buy. The people that aren't video gamers that buy a VR headset buy them for porn. Um I don't okay. All right. Um I'm I'm going to attempt to be as as TMI uh, less less TMI as possible, but I've never even considered my you know my VR for that. It's always been for for like Video games, gaming, or for watching like a VR movie, like having having the you're in the movie experience, or have the movie theater style, like you know, sit back and watch the Avengers, you know, fucking like in a movie theater. Yeah, I have a friend of mine that does. uh, It's called VR Ish, and it's uh, her company, but they do a lot of like short promo videos for people, and I've gotten a couple of ones from her to test on my quest Mm -hmm. and those are cool. Like it's a video shot on a 360 degree camera. Um, it lets you like, just look wherever you want. It's a different experience than a movie and it's, it's interesting. Um, it's a weird use of the tech, but, or 
a more normal use of the tech, but it is pretty cool. It's it's so that you can kind of like, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, it's 360 view, but you're kind of like moving. Like you're in a mine cart, basically, and you're just kind of like looking around, right? You know, you're in a roller coaster that's going really, really slow, but you're able to like walk, you know, like see the place, uh, you know, or have that 3D experience where you can, you know, kind of like, you know, almost video game it and, you know, do the uh, uh, walking your human situation. Those are kind of neat, but like, yeah, I've never thought of, of, man. Maybe, maybe I'm just too maybe, pure. <laughs> maybe you've been depriving yourself. It's possible, of the but ultimate experience. There's, there's a thing. Like, I have a Gen One Oculus. It's literally got way too many fucking wires for a fucking he- a VR headset. I, I feel like, I, I feel like something might get caught up. You know, <laughs> I might have a problem. <laughs> uh, uh, it, yeah. So. It's a little bit different for the Quest 2. It's wireless. I guess you could have it, you know, have yourself a five minute experience if you want to. But, like, seriously, though, uh, I would never be able to pick that same headset up and play fucking Beat Saber or some shit like that on it. Beat Saber. (laughs) 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 It's, yeah, it's. So I've seen the vision. Emotional pro. damage. Oh my god. So <laughs> now all I can see is Rusty beating his saber. It's horrifying. Uh, well, I'm not gonna know, try to even. You've been there when I did it. So, um, played Beat Saber, guys. Played Beat Saber. I played Beat Saber with him in the room. Um, <laughs> uh, get your minds out of the gutter. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, yeah, so I, I've seen some, you know, some really cool shit about the Apple Vision Pro. Like, it's still like way, way too expensive. Yeah, it's three thousand dollars too expensive. Yeah, but it's like, uh, you know, there was a couple things where they had the, you know, the like a mechanic was working on a car and he had the, you know, the the manual up some youtube videos pulled up off to the side so he could like do a thing look over at the video and see if he was doing it right and and, like just continue to do the thing like not having to stop to go back you know go to a laptop or something like that and you know most you know deal with all that most mechanics know fucking work on a car with a thirty five hundred dollar headset i would not either yeah, that's the last thing I want to do is work on a car, be under a car with a $3,500 headset. Yeah. Yeah. You're freaking crazy. And honestly, most mechanics know what the fuck they're doing. Well, I say that. The most mechanics should know what the fuck they're doing without and have been without watching a YouTube video, right? I'm pretty sure that this wasn't a mechanic. It was more of a uh, <laughs> it was more of a shade tree. You know, I'm going to try to fix this myself kind of, you know, you know situation. Um, but, but you can afford a $3,500 headset, so you might as well have taken that to the mechanic. It's just I, trying to prove yes. concept of what they're trying to do. But I, it's, Right, exactly. It's a fucking useless piece of tech. I'm so Apple and their overpriced bullshit, proprietary I bullshit. I think it's useless. I think it's overpriced. Well, yeah, it's like a... Key Google um, Glass. I will, 
I will say I've watched multiple different reviews on it, and probably the two biggest reviewers are both Linus and uh, MKVHD. Um, and they both basically said, love the optics, love the love the uh, AI-adjusted uh, interpubulary distance that tech that they built in. Right, eye tracking uh, and shit. All the eye tracking is excellent, way ahead of everybody else. Um, the The resolutions are the best resolutions out there. And you know, if you're going to use it as a um, as a second screen to your Mac or your or your iPad Pro, and that's basically all you're using it for, it's great. It mm-hmm. sucks for everything else, including including long term comfort. Mostly because of the way both of ha- Apple's head straps are designed. Right. Um, you need to have the, the top strap. Well, the primary one comes with no top strap, right? Uh, and it's huge, so like it covers the majority of the back of your head. But the way that naturally angles, it angles down towards the bottom of your skull, which which put which puts a weird pressure um, probably on your nose no on your ears and your nose I would Um, yeah and then they give you a strap that is um, not like the oculus strap because it doesn't have a strap over the middle of the top of your head so it goes around the back like the first one but then it has a strap over your head from from ear to ear okay yeah Um, uh... and that one apparently um everybody i watched reviews from said they had issues getting the entire headset to seal to their face properly not to mention people like me who wear glasses (laughs) Excuse me, glasses. You can get um, uh, so prescription you, inserts, too. Well, not only that, but you actually can specify in the order that you're using glasses, and they will... Basically, the... Um, the portion of... The removable portion of the headset that is the makes up the actual mask that makes contact with your face, they will build it deeper for users with glasses so they they have deeper versions they have shallower versions for people without glasses yeah um, and you have to take a face scan with a freaking iphone for them to have all the measurements to custom make that for your face which is part of the cost and i think that's ridiculous so a thousand well. of that is 
a thousand dollars worth of uh, hidden cost is the iPhone 15 Pro. And the nice thing <laughs> is you can get a Quest, right? And a Quest will let you play games on your PC plus whatever built-in games, right? So like plus the porn. You can do all of those things, and it's three thousand dollars cheaper. It's it's and it's porn compatible. I mean, it's that's basically what the news story is. You know, worried about is the fact that it's porn compatible. Um, yeah, no, it's Apple Vision. Anything Apple, anything new from Apple, is overpriced, filled with different features that people don't want. Um, but people buy into for whatever reason, and uh, and they try to be the first person, you know, first to innovate on you know a thing that has already established right and uh you know and the people who uh who who buy into team white because that's basically <laughs> team blue is uh, is microsoft team white is apple if anybody buys team white it is uh uh it is just you know i, I you're just buying into their ecosystem is all I mean, it's it's proven right there in that description. You have to make a face scan with your iPhone to get it, you know, custom built for you. Right, <laughs> right. So, yeah. so you're already well, built and, bought into the ecosystem. That's what they're marketing to. But at the same time, you're like your closest as far as. Uh, Screen quality, inside out tracking quality, etc., is the Vive XR Elite uh, that just came out last year. And, and the Vive XR Elite is how much? It's $1,100. Yeah. So, so you know, you're, yeah. you're paying a $2,000 premium for, uh, for Apple. But this is the reality here. Having owned a uh, a a headset, a, a VR headset, I get that some of the things that come out for VR are cool. Like I played a fuckload of Beat Saber. I've played other, you know, a lot of other games uh, that you know that were really neat. Um, it's just uh, it's still all gimmicky. It's still kind of in its infancy, and there's not enough people putting things out for VR to justify any of that cost. And, oh, absolutely. And it's going to be that way until something breaks, something pops, like there's a new thing that happens. And uh, it's not happened yet. So... They can continue to innovate on all of these features, but there isn't going to be a, a a fuckload of buyers for it, any of it. So, I've wanted to. I mean, I, I'm in the market for a new VR headset so that I can continue to play things like Beat Saber and you know, and do that. But there isn't anything compelling like a Beat Saber release or something like that. Something that's like you've got to play this in VR for me to go out and buy anything new. Because my Gen 1 is, I mean, it's toast. So, yeah. You know, so it's, it's just a thing. Like, I, I will never buy into 
anything fucking VR. It doesn't matter who builds it. So, well, moving on from one uh, uh, evil megacorp to another, uh, Disney invests $1.5 billion in Epic Games. What are they wanting to do? Uh, there's not a whole lot of detail out yet. We don't even know how much of a stake in Epic uh, that bought Disney. Of course, that's not been um, released yet because all this still has to be filed with regulators, etc. Um, so that part's not not gone through. Um, but the assumption is um, that you're going to see uh like a um much like with uh what epic did with uh lego and fortnite this year that you'll see um various different uh disney worlds and expansions on fortnite uh most likely some disney specific uh curated games out of epic um in the in a quote even though this word was never said in Iger's announcements um in a quote metaverse style uh, <laughs> is what a lot of the journalist journalists are uh, are presuming at this point um but we know Disney's made um been making a lot of uh strides the the last couple of years using a lot of um uh epics tech from uh from actually using unreal five uh in their actual film and t v projects uh for real time rendering of backgrounds et cetera that they can shoot against versus green screen um, to, you know, various different um, Marvel characters being inserted into Fortnite, etc. So, um, you know, there's, there's no telling. Yeah, Disney could be making the investment to have more control over Unreal um, and that whole filming process. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, we don't have any actual detail about any of that part yet. It's um, it's an interesting you know buy-in uh for uh you know because it is an equity stake in Epic, so it's it's like this is an actual investment. This is you know Disney owns a a decent part a portion of Epic now. Um, yeah, we just don't know the exact percentage, and we know. We know Epic's been shopping for investors quietly for the last several years because they've been, um, ever since since the launch of the Epic Game Store and then accelerated by COVID, um, they've kind of been losing money uh, at a pretty pretty good rate the last few years, um, oh. plus all their lawsuits uh, with Apple and Google. 
Well, it's um, it's more like yeah, Epic as a game store probably takes you know takes a hit. There's a lot of R and D that goes into uh, uh, into a new Unreal Engine, and they've been really chugging along on Unreal, you know, on the newest Unreal Engine. It's got some really good shit, like we were talking about yesterday, you know, last week, um, you know, yesterday, um, you know, like some absolutely insane looking fucking you know walkthroughs of a forest and shit like that right you know some things with that are past uncanny valley to actual photorealism you know the the kind of shit that you know that i mean face it we've all really been looking for in our video games from you know from day one is just like something to get even more real like this is as close to real life as it can be without walking outside you know um i mean this is you know that's this you know that's what they're investing in right you know the ability to uh you know to probably create like a a a disney you know a digital disney world i don't want to call it a metaverse because like that's that word is used and dead right but like have a disney division in the epic game store that has you know disney style titles like it might actually bring us back to a a time frame of uh of having uh you know i i don't know maybe i don't know like kind of like what you're getting for disney plus but with video games you know you know kind of like what you were getting with uh you know the LucasArts game studio, but with, you know, uh, different developers, unfortunately, um, <laughs> you know, uh, that kind of thing, you know, a one-stop shop for Disney games. Um, we shall see. So we'll, yeah, definitely. We'll see what that's going to happen. Uh, I mean, it's just a, another megacorp buying into another megacorp. Here we are. Fucking cyberpunk is real. Um, <laughs> I had one other thing that was kind of big. That's based off something I said the other week. Um, okay. So avowed. If you guys remember me saying like I wasn't as impressed with the combat. Apparently, I wasn't the only person that said that because they were talking about how it was based off. They used Warhammer Dark Tide as inspiration, and of course, I was like, yeah, it doesn't look like it at all. Um, they said that the footage that was on there was a few weeks behind. Like there was specifically a story from PC gamer that addresses this. Um, and one of the quotes was, it's nice to always say like, yep, we saw it. We know it. Trust us. We're working on it essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's actively something they are working on is how the combat looked. Cause I thought it looked really stiff, um, and not that great. So, I'm hoping to see that they get some better physics with the combat um, because that is something that would be important to me with playing that game. Like, it it looked worse than Skyrim combat in my mind. So if they fix that, like, I trust Oblivion with storytelling. I would love to see what they do because it's the same thing with if you played Melee in Outer World. Was it Outer Worlds? Yeah. I always, get that, I always get that confused with the other game. 
But outer anyways, wilds. Outer, yeah. yeah, outer worlds. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I uh, I am looking forward to this, and it's supposed to come out this fall. Yeah. The uh, they were saying. I think it was in this in the same article. They were saying that the combat. Well, they they know that they are always going to have a draw towards, or people are going to draw comparisons to Skyrim. Uh, that it's more like, uh, you know, uh, playing a first person, you know, uh, melee style, um, outer wilds game or not, I just outer worlds myself, outer worlds game. Yeah. The um, melee combat and that was kind of trash, which is why I always avoided it. Right. Well, it's, yeah, it, it was the it guns, was. the guns were weird too. Like there was just something about the combat in that game that just didn't quite feel right. So I think they're taking, you know, if they take that, if they take what worked for Skyrim and didn't work for Outer Worlds, improve and, you know, make it less wooden and have it more, have it feel like it's got more impact. Because I think there was also a, a comparison to um, um, Warhammer, like Vermintide. Yeah, it was dark. That's Dark Tide, is what I was just saying. Like they, yeah, Dark Tide. They had made a comparison video to wanting to do that, and I watched somebody break that down. There's like thousands of different physics animations that happen every single time that you hit somebody. Yeah, and yeah, and it always looks great because it 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 feels right. There's it's very chunky. Like you hit somebody with a hammer, it looks like they you you just you just hit somebody with a fucking hammer. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Um, um yeah something else that was released that i didn't play because i was really cautious about it and i'm glad i didn't pick it up so suicide 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 squad suicide squad suicide squad um kill batman or whatever the fuck it is kill the justice league justice league yeah yeah there's a lot of people that it's upset about it being kevin conroy's last um last recorded performance right being part of that game but also the fact that it's a life service game with about five mission types spread out across this big open world where you don't go inside anything right and i've heard some people say the combat is pretty fun um but it's super samey um well a lot of people that are kind of rebelling against the game so after that was released to some pretty milk toast reviews i mean it's sitting at like a 60 on metacritic right now um batman arkham knight player count jumped up 50% after the release of Suicide Squad. So that was right. a story just a few days ago. Um, that's, it's because that's we wanted nice. a single-player Batman game. That's what we wanted. We didn't get it. Or a single-player Rocksteady game. And we didn't get that. We got this weird pandering, like, let's just, let's just see if we can get on the live service bandwagon. There's only so many live service games that people can play, guys. And some of those games, like, people are, they've sucked the player count for those things. So, like, this was just a dumb idea. They should have just made a single-player game um, and really worked on finishing it. Um, I've heard some people actually like playing it, but I don't think it's something I'm going to get into unless I get it at a very steep discount and don't have anything to do. Um, I don't plan on jumping into it. It's, like I said, it's at a 60 based on 67 critical reviews. Like, Mm. that's pretty telling of a game and then watching the gameplay it's like there's a difference so we've got they've got a bunch of goofy microtransactions in that game right 
You've got Helldivers mm-hmm. 2, which is a live service game that can be played single player or multiplayer. All the mi- <laughs> I keep saying Michael transactions. Michael all the micro transactions. all the micro transactions in this game are all it's easy to find the money. So that's what I'm saying. Like there's a limited selection of things. To give you an example, there's a uh, 800, you know, hell bucks worth of stuff that you can buy right now. Um, you can find that much money in a couple days worth of playing. Um, and the rotation rotates like every three days is what it looks like. So it's it's not that big a deal. If you're playing it a lot, you'll pick up whatever random bullshit they have for the bucks just by playing. And it's e- actually easier in multiplayer because some of the doors require more than one person to open um, to get the you know, their, their V bucks or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, the moment to moment gameplay in this is just good. Right. And it's not a very expensive game is a, like I said, 30 to $40 versus a $70 game. Right. Um, just everything about it is, it's not pandering at all. Right. To that. It, It is and isn't like, it's just, it's just a good ass, down to the basics game and and there's not a lot of those right now. Everything's got to have this ultra complex story that you know, I don't know. I don't want to get into that, but it's long story short, this is just it's just a game, guys. Go go play this for fun. And that's what Helldivers feels like whereas Suicide Squad is here's all these systems to keep you playing it forever that also wants you to spend some money and here's the same five activities that are very samey over and over again that don't have a dynamic map. So here you go. And kind of like how, like there are points in destiny's career, right? Where it was just like, let's do the same five missions over and over again. Literally the same five missions with some modifiers. Well, that was the first year of destiny Two. Yeah, uh, that was, I mean, that was the whole reason why destiny two failed. Uh, yeah, for initially. So long. Yeah. yeah this wasn't the initial launch for destiny two is like, okay, here you go. Then, you know, here's the story. Here's some after, you know, after activities. Uh, here's a raid. And there's so many exotics. And after was like, I think the first month, everybody had everything that they needed, you know, that they wanted. There was no th- nothing to grind for anymore. You know, because there wasn't very much content in the game to, you know, to keep people driving for it. You know, live service games ha- are... They're there for the microtransactions, unfortunately. That's the whole reason why, you know, these companies are, you know, pumping them out is because microtransactions are the other thing that makes money for those games. Um, And it's way easier to get people, you know, time gated on a level uh, on a live service game, provided that it's built correctly. Uh, And then during the time gates, you know, you pepper in, you know, your team's five or ten minutes worth of you know uh uh worth of visual asset you know uh recoloring and sell it as a fucking microtransaction you know that's you know uh, that's that's the unfortunate side of what you know what makes these games sell um and what makes these games money uh yes it would have been easier to, you know, or probably would have been easier and it probably would have been a better game if, you know, Kill the Justice League, you know, Suicide Squad Kill the Justice League was a single player game. But 
if you put a single player game out there, uh, it does not do as well for microtransactions because most of what people buy microtransactions for is to show off to other people. So, right. and it's it's not people our age for the well, I say that for the most part, right? Well, I mean, for instance, there's, there's I don't know the numbers behind it, but I can I can make a you know a reasonable assumption here that not very many people bought the microtransaction you know cosmetic upgrades for uh, for uh, uh, Horizon Forbidden West because. If you look at uh, if you look at that as that a single player game, the only thing you share from that is a screen, you know, is screenshots, right? Uh, and you know, it's visual. It's it's just a cosmetic upgrade. Now, I would I would never have purchased any of that because I think some of the you know the in game armors is perfectly fine the way it is, you know. But if it was like, you know, uh, you know a special fucking crop top and like, you know, hot, you know, hot, you know, hot pants for fucking Harley Quinn. And I get to show that shit off for, you know, you know, for everybody to see. It's a little different, you know, it sells a little bit more. Right. And, and it's because we all got to show off dirty Harley. And, and, and it's the same thing with MMOs, like, you know, the, you know, the special store only mounts that you can buy for MMOs are the very same thing. Yes, I've got this because I've got extra money. You don't have this because you don't want to spend the extra money. Therefore, I get to ride around on something shiny. Yeah, you know? I just don't buy into that. It's like I have the money to do it, but I think that it's stupid. So, right. You know, it's. It's what makes these games money, though. That's that's the reality. Is yeah, you know, yeah. It's a little bit shiny. It does nothing for your character, but you get to show it off to other people, and that's what you know. That's what gets people. That gets you know, the second and third player to buy what the first player bought. Well, um, um, and the worst part is you're right, and the second worst part is. As much as uh, we deny it, it did kind of start with horse armor with our generation. Horse armor. Oh well, yeah, but that was single player DLC. But still, but still, we showed the developers the power of horse armor of a seven dollar transaction. Yep. Yeah, horse armor. Well, um, um, as much as we played into it, crates and and Mass Effect three. Uh, I spent too much on that uh, bullshit. Multiplayer. Uh, Spectre, Spectre. 40 bucks Spectre on that packs, stuff. Yep. Spectre packs, yeah. Yep. Spectre packs, yep, uh, yep. We all spent way too much money on that. Well, that um, was kind of, you know, that was before, um, that was before the whole uh, uh, loot box thing got big, because that was, yeah. But, I mean, it was before the, uh, you know, the explosion of the loot box uh, for you know, Battlefield 2 is what, or yeah, no, Battlefront, Battlefront 2. Battlefront um, 2. Yeah, yeah, when that game came out and it, you know, the whole loot box thing for that. Yeah. Well, um, speaking of micro updates, um, Dead Cells is calling it quits after seven years of actual content updates. So they'll continue to do bug fixes, but they're working on a new game. So Motion Twin, 
Uh, we'll continue to run updates for fixes, but no more new content updates, which, again, that Dead Cells has been out for a long time. Seven years has had uh, update 35 will be the last one. Um, that's, work, that's a lot. Yeah, that game's great. I'm not playing anymore, though. Um, Windblown is the new game that they're working on. Should go into early access sometime this year. Nice. So if you want to check to see what that is, what it's like, it's called Windblown. I haven't looked up much of it other than looking at this story. Um, but it's another roguelite game. And honestly, like they did such a good job with Dead Cells, I would be surprised if it sucks. Um, one other quick news bit that we haven't really talked about is uh, Subnautica 2 um, is had some kind of they had some kind of uh, financial report where it seemed like the game was going to be a live service game. That's not the case. Mm. It's not multiplayer focused, but it can support up to four people in co-op mode. Um, it'll be it's being produced in Unreal Engine 5. Nice. Um, so. There was a reference to games as a service, and they said that they simply continue to update. They want to continue to update the game, um, kind of like what they did with the other ones. So, so it's not okay. any of those things. It's just they're going – it's also going to be another early access title. But really no release date, so it's not intended for release this year. So it'll it'll probably be next year or the year after before we get a full update, a full game from that. Okay. Well, that's, I mean, that, that's fine. Like, if if they did a new Subnautica, and I think what they're trying to say as, you know, when they did the whole games as a service, they just used, the, you know, the wrong term. Um, They probably just want an evolving world. You know, something that they can, you know, they can add modules to, uh, you know, later on. Um. And expand or maybe even change the map a little bit, you know, Fortnite style, right? You know, where you've got, you know, events that happen and, you know, shit changes, you know, a, a new underwater cave system opens up or some bullshit, you know? Right. You know, that kind of, you know, that kind of thing where the the world evolves is not necessarily games as a service. It's, it's more of an evolving world, which is... Um, you know, not very many people, uh, not very many games have done that. Um, you know, but I, I trust that they're, you know, they're able to, uh, you know, to, you know, to get things done. And, you know, I'm excited to see them using the new Unreal Engine because, I mean, we've, we've all seen the, uh, you know, what that engine can do. That's going to add a whole nother level of terror for me because, you know, the deep is not something I'm super f uh, fond of. Like I got through Subnautica, but it, it's in the same way that I, you know, got through like some of the spider caves and in uh, other games. You know, my butt clutches a little bit when you know when I run into those situations, but I like power through because you know I know it's not real. <laughs> but if that shit was in VR, fuck all of that. <laughs> so, um, fair enough. <laughs> so yeah looking forward to uh you know what they come out with for uh for subnautica 2 because goddamn, you know both of the games that they put out so far uh the first game i think is still better than the second but um 
you know, they they have appeal, you know. Right. So, yeah. And they've always really been like real open um with their community as far as how things are going. Like they were the first ones to uh what oh, was the um uh service that they used was Cora or something like that. It was um their they're basically their to-do list was, you know, was fully avail- available for people to see. Um, you know, what oh, yeah, I remember on. that. Yeah. Yeah. They were one of the first, uh, you know, you know, d- developers to, you know, just fully publish that shit out for everybody to see. So you could see what they were doing. You know, that's kind of neat. Uh, uh, that's the kind of, you know, internal information that, you know, that makes you think, oh, yeah, that feature that we were talking about. Yeah, they've got that shit on the to do list. It's going to get done. You know, or or like, uh, um, you know, not so much the last few years, but I remember uh, uh, Warframe used to be the same way. They had an open page with all of the open issues, etc. Cora, um, but what the fuck is that? Um, yeah, I understand that. You know, basically, like the um, and I can't fucking remember what that is. Uh, now it's gonna bother me until I figure it out, but. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, that is the, uh, you know, just having something basically an an open issues list, which where they, you know, say, yeah, we're working on it. Yep. This is, this is the progress that we've made on it. Um, and you know, you know, and continue on from there, you know? Yeah. So, but I mean, it'd be nice, but you can't expect every developer, especially when Trello. it's a big Trello, yeah. That's what it was. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've used that for looking at projects before. Yep. But, you know, we can't expect every developer, especially those um, underneath huge publishers, to, you know, ha- always have that kind of transparency. Yep. Um, but uh, anything, do we have anything else? No, not that I can find. Yeah, it's nope. kind of a it's kind of a dry time, guys. We're gonna, you know, news typically really starts picking up uh, March and April, so we'll see more then. Um, Honestly, Nintendo I've got Nintendo Direct. Nintendo Direct is later this month. Yeah, I was gonna say I honestly don't have enough time to complete all the games so far for March or for February. So I think we're okay. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, with that, find us at tiltcast.com. Find us on Facebook and Twitter.com slash tiltcast. Our YouTube channels, youtube.com slash real tiltcast, and search for us on iTunes and Spotify. Subscribe. Find friends the show you've got for the love of gaming. You've got bmfcast.com and tvgp.tv. Listen to them for all things Destiny. And with that, it's the end of the show. All right. Peace.